Blog Talk Radio. Everybody's doing well. I wish we all were doing well. It's April 5th, 2021, and the world as we know it is turning upside down. On the news front, Biden apparently is considering an executive order that unless you're vaccinated, you cannot enter into commerce or travel. Now, this is such a gross violation of our constitutional rights. That I, at U.S. code, by the way, um, this comes under, and I wish I could remember right off bat the code number, uh, but this is an unapproved vaccine. It's not approved. It's for emergency use. And as such, they cannot enforce anything that they're using in conjunction with it, like distancing, masking, all of this stuff, or to get a vaccine. Now, the vaccine companies have admitted that what they're jabbing into people isn't really a vaccine. It's gene therapy. It's altering your DNA. It's If you remember the program CRISPR that came out here two or three years ago, they were altering the genes and chromosomes of fetuses so that people got a baby that they'd want, like with blonde-haired, blue-eyed, tall, you know, and they just thought this was the greatest thing since popcorn. Personally, I don't. But that's me. Now, the people that have gotten this vaccine, they're predicting now that anywhere from six months to five years, most of them are going to be gone. And they're also predicting on these global health models that by 2025, the United States will have 90 million less people in it than it does today. Gee, I wonder what's going to make that happen. Well, anyway, preventing us from getting into commerce is going to hurt them worse than it's going to hurt us. It wouldn't take a good week before we could cause every market in this country to collapse if we just stopped shopping. And the power is in your pocketbook. I'm telling you, there's more power there than you ever realized. You have the power to make or break anything just by what's in your wallet. Anyway... Tonight, what we're going to be talking about, and I want to kind of lead off into this, is uh, as many of you know, I deal mostly with guardianship abuse, the targeting of the elderly. I had Chris Cheat on from Australia here, and they're in far worse condition over there than we are when it comes to this stuff. And she repeated a phrase two or three times in the show that just gave me chills. She kept saying, they're hunting us. They're hunting us. And they are, and they have been, and they're going to continue to do so. We have a whole system put in place that immediately tracks you, all your assets, all of this stuff with real ID and the COVID pass and your medical records and all of this. 
uh, everything tracks everything about you, your finances, your your medical reports, where you live, how much it's worth, what you have in the bank. Everything that could possibly be known about you is known. So let's say, for instance, somebody's just having a slow day at the office, at the law firm, and they pull your name up and see that you've got a tremendous amount of assets. You might be worth, you know, a million, billion and a half, and bingo, bango, you get guardianized. Now, what happens in this system many times is the person guardianized, if you saw the movie on Netflix, it was loosely based on uh, several stories, but the underlying program was all the same. People guardianized without any notice, no due process. They didn't even know they were guardianized, that a hearing had taken place until they came to their door, snapped them up and threw them in a nursing home and began plundering their estate. This goes on every day, absolutely every day. Many times it ends up with hospice, who is in the business of premeditated murder. The the dosing with combinations of morphine, Ativan, and Haldol to hasten death is widely known, and yet nobody does a thing to stop it. Under Obamacare, hospice got $11.5 billion to transform from Good Samaritan into the Grim Reaper. You are no safer in a hospital. If you are over age 60, hospitals are routinely now taking it upon themselves to decide whether your life is worth living or it isn't. A simple asset search, which is done when you get admitted This is one of the first things that's done. We've talked about this many times on other shows. When you're being admitted to the hospital, they immediately do an asset search. I had this done to me some years back. And I asked the woman, why why did you do that? That's none of your business. Well, she said, we just need to know that you can pay the bill. I said, I've got three insurance cards down there. I think I'm covered. Well, we just need to. But what they're looking for (laughs) is people that the hospital now can guardianize and once this process is started you are isolated from your family stashed in a nursing home or some other warehouse situation you cannot have a phone you cannot have visitors your friends can't see you your family your religious connections nobody can see you you are many times abused and neglected things are taken from you like dentures your glasses hearing aids Many times these people are left in a room with, after this being done to them with no television, no radio, and many times not even a window. They're just cocooned in that room. What happens then is the guardian, if they ever do bother to see them, does so on the basis of establishing trauma-based bonding. And what that means is that guardian and sometimes the nurses will tell them, you better be good. I'm the only one that cares about you. You don't see anybody else here, do you? You better, you better do what I tell you or I'll leave and I won't come back. And it's, if some of you may be more familiar with the term Stockholm Syndrome, where people identify with their captors. They become so terrified in order to survive. They, be, they identify with their captors. This is the same thing that's happened in nursing homes. But behind all of this is how does this process start? How are they getting away with this? And here, at least 20 years ago, back actually in about the early 1980s, they came out and said that the state courts were just overwhelmed with probate 
and family issues. So they were going to have to create uh, other courts to handle this so that these state judges only had to deal with criminals and civil suits and all of that. But the purpose of doing this had nothing to do with the overwhelming of state courts. It was to separate these money makers out to create this tertiary system, this tribunal system, where the Constitution doesn't apply. Your rights don't apply. You don't have any. Um, they, in fact, we've had one judge tell one person, if you mention the Constitution again, I'll have you put in jail for contempt. And, of course, they have no authority to do that. What they do is pass that order over to a state judge. It's called spreadable. They pass it over to a state judge who blindly signs it, sends it back, and that's actually who puts you in jail for contempt. But anyway, the process of plundering begins immediately. Uh, we've seen the use of, of um, incompetency incapacitated they went from incompetency to incapacitated because for the first five years i was doing this absolutely every elderly person out there was bipolar every one of them without exception and somebody noticed that and so now it's in incapacitated you stubbed your toe we don't think you'll walk again um you had a headache the other day you need to have special 24-hour care you're incapacitated it can be anything, and it can be nothing. You can become victim to these people, these predators, at any time if someone decides you've got something they want. Or, like people like me and John, you have become a nuisance. And <laughs> they don't like nuisance people like us. But it is a system of human trafficking it is a system of predatory practices by people who have absolutely no morals, no integrity, no empathy, no sympathy, no conscience. And one last little thought. For the last two or three years here, I've been seeing things from different scientific publications and so on that they believe there may be two and possibly three distinct species of human being on the earth. And to me, that makes sense because what has bothered me in this guardianship and this kangaroo court deal is the number of predators that are running loose in the population. They, they, to say they're narcissistic is an understatement. These people have absolutely no human emotion. They have nothing that would identify them psychologically as a human being, not normal people, what we consider normal. And yet they seem to be proliferating. There's too many of them. It's got to be something different than us. That's my opinion. With that said, my co-host this evening is John McLone. And John is going to be talking to all of you about uh, maritime admiralty. And John, this is something I've never understood actually what uh, admiralty law was and why it applied to us so i hope you'll cover that but everyone please welcome john to the show take it away john good evening marty yeah it's going to be another one of those type of shows all right let me explain it to you this way maritime is what they would call peacetime where you just got peaceful interactions between uh ships moving across the seas 
Admiralty, you know, just what, like what it sounds. You're an admiral in a Navy, you're in a war, that kind of a thing. And the reason I refer to it is maritime admiralty, constructive contract, and racketeering fraud, kangaroo courts, is because I look at it as being both those things. It's for sure maritime, but it's also admiralty because they have declared war on you, folks. You have to take that into consideration. And we've talked about this issue. The felonies committed by the criminal banker Franklin Delano Roosevelt when he hypothecated everybody and their property to stand as surety for the debts of the United States Corporation in 1933. That was the beginning of a much bigger agenda. But nothing, and I do mean nothing, happens by accident. Okay, so if you want to go back in history, and then we'll talk the legal side in a minute. But after World War I, they had to uh, figure out what to do with all of these uh, young people whose daddy had been killed over there. In some cases, mom, if she was a nurse or something. So they created what they called this birth certificate thing. And that was in the 1922, I think, was the year. Coincidentally, that's also the year we uh, lent a bunch of uh, gold certificates to the French to rebuild. Now, did the French take that money and rebuild as currency? No, they came over to America, traded in those bills for the actual gold that they represented, and took the gold back to France with them. You know, they weren't stupid. But the problem is that put uh, Americans in a really big bind because all of a sudden our gold got stolen. And we can talk about the bankruptcy of 1933 in a few minutes. But uh, that started the system. At the same time, you looked at uh, they created this new agenda because for the first time in history, we now had something called a birth certificate and then a marriage license and a driver's license. Okay, All of these things had their foundations in the early teens, late 20s, into the 1930s. In 1933, if you haven't heard me say it before, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and go to YouTube and look it up. When uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt did his inauguration speech, he started it with basically these words. Today is a day of national consecration. Now, if you look up what he actually says in any of the written versions, you will notice that sentence is missing. And there's a reason for that. Because people would sit there, well, what does that mean? Okay, all you'll see in those spaces is a couple dots to imply he said something before that. Now, as I've explained before, anything that comes in a contract, that which comes first takes precedence over anything that comes after that. So today, that day in 1933, is a day of national, and the word nation is not America, okay? That's not a nation. Nation is the corporation masquerading as government, okay? Consecration, what does that word mean? Consecrate means you're working for the church. And what I've explained to people is the bankruptcy of 1933. Um, we kind of covered this a little bit on the show a few weeks ago where I discussed uh, how, um, come on, John, J.P. Morgan 
and the European bankers got their hooks into us. Okay, explained all that with the explanation of uh, you came in and basically told the president of the United States, well, you're either going to give us 30-year bonds or we're going to crash the economy. Um, you're not going to permit the American people to float these notes because they wanted their inroad. And the American people knew that the European bankers were scumbags, okay? And that's why there was such a big push to change the system because, the, like I've talked about before, it is always vulture capitalism. Bankers have been vultures from day one. I mean, you go back to 1830s. You had your president out of uh, Tennessee here go up there and call them out. Says, you are a group of vipers and I will drive you out or something along those lines, okay? And he did. The Bank of America, one and two, went away. What people don't realize is that the War of 1812, we got told it was because those bastards came in, they were sitting there and kidnapping our sailors off of American ships. No, that's not what that war was about. I've explained repetitively that all wars are bankers' wars. All wars are bankers' wars. Revolutionary War was about banking. You think they worried about a couple percentage tax on tea? Oh, please. No, the colonies wanted their own money, and England wasn't going to give them that option. And the thing was, there was no poverty in the colonies when there was no money circulating because everybody could make contract with each other, saying, well, you know, when my crop comes in, I'll trade my wheat for your corn, and we have contract. And this is why America was growing wealthy. It was really – see, this world is so exponentially wealthy, and if you just put a little bit into it, it will just give you so much abundance. There should be nobody in poverty, nobody uh, homeless, none of this crap. But again, you have these things called governments, and the word government is, of course, Latin for mind control, that interfere with the natural flow and natural interactions between people. They are interfering with private contract, and they do it on a daily basis. But I'm getting off track here. So what does he do in 1933? FDR basically right out the starting gate, just turned every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl and all of their property into stand as surety for the United States Corporation. Okay, that's what happened. When he did that, the whole world changed. The very first action that he took as quote-unquote president was he ordered all the gold certificates and gold to be turned into the banks. Now, this was a huge windfall for the banks and for United States Incorporated. And, of course, U.S. Inc. and the banks are one and the same, going back to my explanation of a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, the fact that the 30-year bonds had been turned over to the Rothschild bankers and J.P. Morgan, okay, rather than letting the American people float the problem. Remember, these people are about exploitation, and once they get their hooks in you, it's game over. And believe you me, they were riding that train. So when they passed the Federal Reserve Act in 1913, after they murdered a bunch of bankers in 1912 with the sinking of the quote-unquote Titanic, um, they were successful 
and getting their agenda started. With the bankruptcy of 1933, with the theft of the gold, now the people were broke. Yes, there was still silver circulating. But remember, back then when the crime of 1873, and we talked about this last two weeks ago, the bimetallic system that we had, gold and silver, was swapped out. Silver was no longer monetized metal. Only gold was. And this is, again, for the benefit of the bankers because the bankers were holding all the gold. And, you know, you've even heard me say it. Gold is the banker's money. Silver is the people's money. And uh, barter is the gentleman's money. And debt is the slave's money. And what do you have in your wallet? Remember, folks, there's no such thing as money. Those Federal Reserve notes are nothing more than negotiable debt instruments. Notice the signatures on them. They are negotiable debt instruments. They are not money. And more importantly than that, they don't pay any debts. They are a liability to the United States Corporation, and you can verify that by going to 12 United States Code 411. So when you think you're going to the bank to borrow money, I got a newsflash for you. You ain't borrowing squat. They're monetizing your signature. You're basically doing what's called a promissory note. They turn around and sell the promissory note into the market, and this is why you're trillions and trillions of dollars in quote-unquote people debt. And then they sit there and steal from you for the next however many years at whatever interest rate they so charge. It's such a scam. But again, getting off track, I need to get back on point. Change the value of gold from 26 dollars and 63 cents to 35 dollars right after he stole the people's gold and gold notes okay windfall for the banks windfall for united states inc nightmare for those who told in turned in their gold and gold notes okay we had the great depression and the thing that saved us was all of you know the criminal banker franklin delano roosevelt's great work programs in world war ii well gee if I come in, I steal all of your money, and then turn around and hand you a little bit of it back and say, here, you're working for me now? Is that actually truly doing you any favors? I don't think so, but, you know, a bunch of morons back in the 30s thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread because they reelected him again and again and again. I don't care that the SOB died, and there's a suggestion he was murdered at the tail end of his career, but don't care. He was a scumbag. But we don't want to talk about the fact that he knew about, you know, Japanese were on the way and all that stuff with Pearl Harbor. Oh, more conspiracy. Yes, learn your facts. They actually did a, uh investigation in the Congress over the, uh, you know, they were busy worried to prosecute the uh, general and the admiral that were there in Pearl Harbor for neglect of duty because of Pearl Harbor. And the more they researched, the more they realized that FDR knew everything and didn't make the phone call. So they quietly shut that investigation down. <laughs> History, people, it's time to learn a little bit. But in 1938, they had to change the system because now silver was no longer money, even though it was circulating as coinage, and gold was no longer money because nobody had any, or at least they weren't supposed to because they were supposed to have turned it all in under the FDR's unlawful orders. Now, 1938, 
they had a they were looking for a very specific case because prior to that everything with regards to law was what was called common law court of records okay in other words there was always a jury there the jury made a decision and that decision stood well they couldn't do that because all of the agenda that they had planned remember there's no longer any money they had to move it into this thing called equity and exchange an equitable exchange you've probably heard that term okay well if you can't pay back a debt you can't pay anything and like i've already said they turned everybody into the surety for the united states debt corporation's debts oh and by the way the bank has also ended up with the united states corporation's treasury so all those taxes that you've been paying which are actually gifts every 15th of april um, well, let me simply state for the record that, uh, again, that doesn't – all that did was enrich a bunch of uh, investors who invested in U.S. Inc. a lot of years before you were ever born. And what came along was the Erie Railroad case. And some guy was walking along the railroad tracks, and something that was hanging off of a train that was passing by clobbered him okay, and injured him. Well, this was the time, and this is exactly what they were looking for. They had to take away his right to a jury trial and replace it instead with equity. And, of course, the other thing we have is FDR also stacked the Supreme Court because there was, you know, the Supreme Court at the time didn't have its members that it did now. There was several less. And those Supreme Court were not going to be going along with his quote-unquote New Deal, which was nothing more than, you know, more old-school tyranny. But the New Deal came to pass, and uh, because he stuffed the Supreme Court with a couple extra Supreme Court justices that gave him the majority that he needed to completely upend everything, all right? So with that, they monetized your birth certificate, because, again, you have to be able to, quote-unquote, pay for something with something. And Federal Reserve notes are just notes, negotiable debt instruments. But they had to have something to justify. So that's what happened. So that's where we go now into the current system. Now, we are supposed to have rights, okay? And I don't want to hear about constitutional rights, the Constitution is nothing more than a corporate charter. It doesn't mean anything. You are not party to it. Look up a book by Lysander Spooner, No Treason, The Constitution of No Authority, and figure some stuff out. I don't want to hear about, well, I want my civil rights. Civil rights are privileges of slaves. Again, not interested. You have unalienable rights, which are violated on a second-by-second -second basis all around the county, the city, the state, United States, and basically worldwide. This is, again, why I call their maritime admiralty, constructive contract, and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts exactly that. Because that's exactly what they do. They only get away with this crap because nobody knows what's actually going on. There's something called parents patray. P-A-R-E-N-S. Parents patre, P-A-T-R-I-E, R-A-I-E, okay? 
Now, that is where the state acts like your daddy. And again, I've gone and I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but when your quote-unquote woman is sitting inside of a delivery room, a commercial term, in a hospital, another commercial term, and she is giving birth, and I like to put it B-E-R-T-H, not B-I-R-T-H, guess what? They have her fill out what is called the information for a birth certificate. Well, here's the thing. That's actually a bill of lading. And the woman is actually filling it out as a bill of lading. It doesn't call her mom. It doesn't call her biological property owner. It calls her an informant. She is informing about a maritime admiralty product that has just been delivered. Boom. Little Johnny or little Susie. Or maybe both if they had twins. And when it's all over said and done with, the other thing they say is, look, doesn't matter if she was married or not. What matters is what name she puts down there. And remember, the last name is your surname. It does not identify you. So when they say Mr. Lacrone, that does not identify John Lacrone. Mr. is a title to a slave, and Lacrone is a surname. By the way, is owned by the Bar Mafia, just in case you're curious. Your last name is owned by the same syndicate, too, so don't think you're unique. Your Christian name, your given name, your first name, in my case, is John. And that's how I insist that they refer to me as in their kangaroo courts, John and John the Claimant. Um, Again, we don't do titles. We don't do any of that garbage. But when they did the bill of lading, that starts the process. That creates the bonds. That creates all the issues that go forward. And from this point, everything has a pattern because dad never went in to make a claim. Mom's name was put there as being a maiden name, not her actual last name, which might have changed because she got married. They want her maiden name, her name when she was quote-unquote single. Again, why is that? Because bastards can't inherit property. Remember, these people are committing a series of crimes. And in order to perpetuate the fraud, they've got to have all this stuff. When you sit here and you contract with them, and you contract with them when you sit there and get your driver's license, you contract with them when you register, that means transfer ownership, to vote, when you register your car or truck, when you're registering your young people in the school system, all of these are contracts with strings. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where the problem really starts to begin. Because up to a certain point, you're still capable of, quote-unquote, paying the extortion fees for, like, property taxes and stuff like that. And you spent your whole life trying to build a life for yourself and your family, and you want to leave something to them. Well, the end result, that was fine for a while. It's not fine anymore because it's all about stealing everything. And Marty has done show after show after show on whistleblowers, on all the stuff that takes place in these old folks' homes. I don't have to get into it. You folks that are regulars over here with Marty know what I'm talking about. 
They're looking at all that is being earned by other people and saying, oh, goody, here's another steak. It is time to eat. And it's just like a wolf or a lion looking at a lamb. They have no qualms about the opinion of the sheep. You are there as their dinner. Case is an actual bond. Some of them have multiple bonds. They all have financial value that gets sent up and traded on Wall Street. And again, we don't want to talk about any of those kinds of things. Because if people truly comprehended the nature of the system, they would get pissed off. Which, by the way, they are doing, which is one of the reasons Marty and I are being so heavily censored. But nevertheless, expecting criminals, even when you know, even when you know, to act like they have morals and integrity is stupidity. There is no honor among thieves. And let's be very honest, ladies and gentlemen, because that's all these clerks masquerading as judges are doing. That's all these bar attorneys are doing. And all these other people that are coming in as a quote-unquote representative for this little old man, a little old woman, that might have a million, two million, or three million. Or even more in some cases. Because even if they got all that stuff in trust, well, guess what? They want some of that. They need some of that. They're entitled to some of that. At least that's their attitude. You know, my changing, my thinking changed several years ago, and I've made some decisions based off of that thinking. If they're going to treat you like a slave, and they, you, remember, slaves own nothing, and even I've talked about the uh, you know global economic reset and all that crap. The World Economic Forum's told you all of that wonderful information. You know, you will own nothing. You will be spied upon. And you'll be happy. Not so much. You have to get into your mindset that this criminality is taking place. So you have to change your thinking. I tell this to all the little old ladies and little old men. If you're even moderately concerned about some of your assets, give them away to your siblings who may be significantly younger or more importantly, maybe to your young people, assuming they're not all asses. And if they are, well, find some organization that you think is doing a good thing and contribute to that organization, you know, hunger, society, whatever. Why? Because if you don't do that when you're capable of it, you don't know what's going to happen when somebody comes in, just like what we're talking about here, and starts ripping and tearing that estate into little shreds and distributing it to everybody but who it was supposed to go to. Now, story isn't quite along those lines because my parents both died. They were both, you know, no, when they died, they died, but it wasn't from long-term care issues. It was health issues, but not long-term care. But I'm speaking from authority here. John didn't come out of a vacuum. John didn't. No. The crime syndicate stole over a million dollars of his stuff. 
They stole his parents' estate from him, and he wanted answers. So he spent four years of his life, 12 and 14 hours a day, seven days a week, to figure out what was really going on. And I did. I did. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why I know what I'm talking about when I'm having these conversations with you. But realize something. A government that's big enough to give you everything you need is big enough to steal everything that you have. Make sure you fully comprehend the nature of this slave system and base decisions off of that knowledge. See, we're going into this new economic model. It's changing so many things in so many ways, even above and beyond. I hate the Federal Reserve with every fiber of my existence. But you see, the bankers, they're not going to lose their power. They're right. Remember, this is a monopoly. This is a monopoly. Who do the bomb mafia members work for? They work for the governments. Who do the governments work for? They work for the banks. Please comprehend the nature of the system and choose wisely. I have tried my best to help some people when I get phone calls. My daddy or my mommy is in trouble. They've literally been kidnapped. Kidnapped. And again, I don't like the word kidnapping. I like the word abduction. Kidnapping would be a baby goat sleeping. And abduction is when you take a man or a woman against their will and take them somewhere. When these people are abducted and these people get um, people assigned to them, it's never for some broke little lady or little man out there. They could care less. Let them rot in the streets. Let them you know, die eating dog food. They don't give a rat's about them. But have a home. Doesn't even have to be an expensive one. Fifty, hundred thousand, there's something right there. Have some jewelry. Have forty thousand in the bank. Make no mistake. That's a steak on the plate that they're looking to eat. And they couldn't care less about you. Most of the time they will try to kill you off. Because they don't want you to sit there and actually get out. They don't. Once you get into the care of these people, they, like Marty says, half the time they really do want to call in hospice on you. And hospice isn't there to be your, your friend. They're there to kind of move things along to get you out of the picture. Because there's a big stake on that plate and you still being alive. Well, that's kind of interfering with that a little. You want to change the system, folks? You have to learn what the system is, how it functions, and who's responsible. There are no honest judges out there. On top of the fact there are, haven't been any judges since the 1789 Judiciary Act. Hint, hint. Notice I said 1789. See? See, judges don't rule on statutes, codes, rules, and regulations, and all that other crap. No, that's not what judges do. That's what clerks do. 
Okay. Explain what the bar is, British Accreditation Regency. I've explained what the bar, being a bar attorney, is. Again, it took a 200-year-old book for us to figure out what a bar attorney is. It's an international shipping clerk. And that, of course, came from one of those maritime admiralty books that they didn't want anybody to find. We finally found it. You realize how difficult you have to go back 200 years to find a definition of something? You think that's a coincidence or an accident? It's not. So the only way I was able to get to this level is because I had such a working knowledge of history going all those years back, 40 years of studying history, studying warfare. And when you've got a general like General Smedley Butler World War I hero comes out and says, war's a racket. Think maybe somebody want to actually listen to him? He might have something to say. Maybe he's got a clue about something. I don't know how to make it any plainer than this, my friends. There has been a war declared on old people, the average man and woman on the street, And most importantly, a war declared on young people. Once I figured this entire system out, which was a lot of years ago, my thinking changed. See, my parents didn't know anywhere near as much as I did. Even back then, when they were still alive. But the more I studied and the more I learned, the more I realized that my parents got handed a really lousy state of affairs, but the world still wasn't totally ate up when they inherited it. Well, when I inherited from my parents a world that had gotten progressively worse, and Marty and I will tell you, I don't know what our listening audience's age is, but those of us that have been around a while, I'm Generation X, born in 1969, We still remember a world that wasn't this criminal. Now, it was starting to get that way in the 80s. It was starting, but it wasn't over-the-top crazy. It hadn't got there yet. In the 90s, it started getting stupid under Clinton. And again, you think this, we've talked about Title IV-D with regards to young people on this show. That was paying people to abduct young people highly profitable was not about the young people. They couldn't care less about it. All they were seeing were dollar signs. That was in the 90s. Here we are in 2021. Have you noticed a little bit of changes in 2020? I sure have. An agenda is in play. What people better realize right now is that the world is changing. The only question is, are we going to continue to move into their world of tyranny and dystopian society hell? Or are we going to say enough is enough is enough and stand up united and say, for all of the differences we have with each other, we better get our act together. How many times I've said divide and conquer is a successful tool that they've used for millennia. 
country after country, government after government, Democrats versus Republican, men versus women, straight versus gay, gun rights versus, you know, those who want to steal guns, poison, pick your targets. You know, Christian versus Muslim, all this crap, divide and conquer. And you wonder how we ended up with this world. I don't. I've been watching it get built in real time. I was awake as a little boy, and I watched it get built in real time. I've committed my life to exposing this fraud and corruption and mass murder for profit because I refuse to leave this world in the condition that it was handed to me. My young people are not going to be there to clean up a mess that I left for them. Now, it's probably still going to be a mess, but not if I have anything to say about it. They are targeting your elderly folks. They are targeting your average man or woman on the street now. And remember, part of the thing, which I'm positive on this, I'm positive on this, some of those injections are going to impact the amount of people that are going to give birth here in the future. And that's especially going to be applicable to young people. There's a show out there called Utopia. Utopia. And there's a five-minute skit. So it's been going around now for a while. Where they're telling you what they're doing. And remember, I've explained this again and again on this show and others. They have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. That's the contract offer. Offer and acceptance. This is what the criminals do. And I've explained a valid contract will have four elements. Full disclosure means they tell you every little detail, which obviously they're not. A meeting of the minds, again, that's where every party agrees with everything. Do you get a meeting of the minds when dealing with these criminal agents? No, of course not. First of all, you can't contract with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. So what makes you think you can contract with a corporation? Those are unilateral contracts that only do is put handcuffs on you. It doesn't stop the syndicate. It just handcuffs you. Full disclosure, meaning of the minds, mutual consideration. Both parties get something out of the deal. Parties are supposed to get something out of the deal. Did you like your share of the deal? Hmm? Those of you 14th Amendment corporate debt slaves that fill out your paperwork every April the 15th, you, did you enjoy your little token payment that they sent you? Meanwhile, they gave billions and billions and billions to the corporations and to the bankers. That sound like a fair deal? Now you get to pay for it. <laughs> Lucky you. And finally, autographs are signatures of contracting parties. Corporate presidents have signatures. Notice all those contracts they sign here. But what happens if you're down there talking to your favorite sports character? He gives you an autograph. Men and women have autographs. Corporate presidents have signatures. Words have meanings, ladies and gentlemen, and I've explained that again and again. What they do is called fraudulent conveyance of language. 
And in these maritime admiralty constructive contract and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts, they use a language called legalese. That language sounds like English. It would appear to be English. It's written in English. No, it's not. Because what sounds like English is a foreign language, and they'll tell you that on their paperwork. If you need a foreign language interpreter, contact your local attorney. They'll tell you that. What do you mean foreign language interpreter? What do you mean foreign language? They're, they're speaking English. No, they're speaking legalese. Time to wake up, folks. See, once you speak their language, and I do, all of a sudden you see the contracting and you see the fraud. It's a neon sign. Every time I sit in a kangaroo court, I don't even have to be party to a case. I just sit in taking notes, see the contract over and over, and I want to just stand up and scream and tell the sheriff to put the judge under arrest. Can't, because they work for the judge. They're his little gophers. There's a reason they have dog tags, good little soldiers following orders. And I've explained they're privateers. They're private corporation employees there for revenue enhancement. Again, story for another day. Ladies and gentlemen, when we stop loving and caring about our elderly, and we stop loving and caring about our little ones, our society is done. The writing on the wall says this society is done. And you know what? Honestly, and this is coming from the heart, we deserve it. Back to you, Moni. I think that, you know, the idea of calling these abductions, I think you're absolutely correct. Kidnapping is the wrong term. This is an abduction. What is happening to the elderly in this country while the federal and state governments feign ignorance, they'd never heard of such a thing, must be an isolated incident. Why, nobody told them this was going, well, they're going to look into this and get back to you, only they won't and they don't. They know exactly what's going on. Now, the idea, I'm going to bring the churches into this. While I have dealt with this, John, I have approached numerous churches of all denominations about their, uh, a member of their parish or their congregation, whatever they're calling themselves, being abducted into this system. And I would tell them, they need your support. They've been a member of this church X number of years. They've contributed. Um, they need your support. You need to step up. And they will tell me, oh, we can't. That's political. We'll lose our tax-exempt status. No, it isn't political. This is a human rights issue. This is not politics. What you mean is you're not going to get involved. You don't want anything to do with it. This is too much of an effort. I have watched churches sit back while they have uh, condoned abortion, selling baby parts, I've noticed the churches are absolutely silent over this vaccine that isn't a vaccine. We've got issues on so many levels, the corruption on so many levels. 
people looking out for themselves instead of looking out for all of us. What happens to me is going to happen to you. Take it to the bank. If I we can't get stopped what's happening to me, you're next. But you can't make people understand that. Many people think that if they get um, estate planning done, you mentioned uh, giving assets away to siblings or potential heirs before you ever you know, might be in a position. Uh, we've seen people do estate planning, and in the probate tribunal, that ministerial clerk discards those instruments and hands everything over to the predator guardian and the attorney. And several states have enacted what they now call look-back laws. And they will go back some states three years, some 10 or 12, to see if anything was stolen or sold or traded out of the estate, like land or maybe an expensive vehicle, you know, something. And if it was, they demand that it be brought back to the estate because the guardian wants it. Now, I don't know how they're getting away with that, but I know that they do it. Now, if I was someone who had been, let's say, given a piece of property, uh, maybe 10 years before, and they came and said, well, 10 years ago, we decided even back then they were incompetent or incapacitated. See, they're clairvoyant. They can look back 10 years and determine that you must have been incompetent back then, too. And so you have to give that back. I'm telling you, I'd fight them to the death. But... What is happening in these tribunals is so disgusting while this so-called judicial system sits there and, again, like legislators, turns a blind eye, doesn't say a word about it. The Supreme Court begged themselves off of it They, with the in-rim excuse. Anything that was in motion in the state was the property and control of the state, so they won't hear any guardianship cases. We have gone to the FBI the DOJ, um, no help there anywhere. We've seen numerous bills come out. I call them fluff and buffs. Uh, one particularly notorious bill was in 2019, the Elder Justice and Protection Act. And remember, any bill that ends with the word act is something the government's going to do by force. And but this thing was nothing but a reiteration of state and federal laws against wiretap, internet fraud, mail fraud against the elderly. We already had all of that. Thank you. But clinker in it was on page six. And it said to further fund and empower uh, the people to protect the elderly. And here was a list of every organization agency we fight on a daily basis. They were further empowering and funding them against us. I raised John so much hell with DOJ that the final version of the bill had a little note at the bottom of it that said Congress had charged the DOJ with developing a model legislation to deal with guardianship, which of course they never did. I went after my state legislators and said you do not have the authority under the non-delegation doctrine. You do not have the authority to hand the responsibility for developing legislation to an outside agent or agency. You can't do that, which turned out to be a moot point because, of course, the DOJ didn't do anything anyway. But we have no protection. It's like being hunted, like Chris said, being hunted by a pack of wolves. 
and they do not care how much torment, torture, misery they cause the victim, the family. When I was first in this, John, I had families who had mortgaged their house two and three times trying to fight to get grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, whoever it was, out of this system and, of course, failed. Spent their college kids' college funds trying to rescue this elderly person from the death grip of this system. Absolute failure. The... We, we, we've been running circles. They tell you, call the police. The police will not go against APS. They will not go against a guardian. They're supposed to protect your rights. They don't. And they would then tell you, well, go to the sheriff's department. You go to the well, we don't deal with that. You have to go to the police. Or why don't you go to the state attorney general's office? We'd go to them. They'd tell us to go to the police. And they put you on this hamster wheel where nobody's going to do anything. And one state agency is not going to go against the other. That's just not going to happen. And, you know, I've tried to explain to people. I had conversations with the attorney general's office in the state of Minnesota and also feds. And I was told almost verbatim the same thing. You're working under the delusion that we are here to protect you. We are not. We are here to protect the state from you. I said, what is it you think I'm going to do? Well, you might come up with something, and it's our job to make sure the state is safe. And I thought, my God, I must be more powerful than I thought. And But we have no – you're dealing with these agencies – they are not going to help you. They, they are not going to help you. They will mislead you. They will lie to you. They will push you off on somebody else. But you're wasting your time going there. In the meantime, we have to fight to get in-room cameras because the abuse in these nursing homes is so bad. We have to fight to protect the right of that individual. And if they have been guardianized or put under conservatorship, some states it's the same thing, some states it's different. It just, that guardian or conservator, it might as well be the good Lord Almighty himself, because whatever they say goes. No evidence needed, no court order needed, nothing. They said it, that's the way it is. People lose the right to medical treatment, to deny or accept medical treatment. This isn't right. And this is also happening in hospitals. Uh, we had this last year, which really concerned me. Children's Hospital in Ontario <coughs> gave itself the right to euthanize terminally ill children. We've got the states of Connecticut and Wyoming who passed laws that you can euthanize people with dementia or mental illness. And they're coming in with this all over the place. The reason they haven't gone, in my opinion, Sean, the reason they haven't gone all out on this is they just haven't marshaled all the assets yet. And once that's done, then you're going to see people picked off like swatting flies on a wall. That we have come to this point that these vultures, these predators, can run loose in our population, can commandeer any sort of system of kid don't are not constrained by anything and can eventually cause the death of the person they abducted whether through 
issuing a DNR or just leaving them to the abuse and neglect. I don't know how we got here. And one of the things that, you know, struck me, people said something about all the conspiracy theories out there. (laughs) You know, for years, we've been called conspiracy theorists. And 30 years ago, even, they could tell us anything out of D.C., And we had no choice but to believe it because we had no alternative news. They could get right up in front of the camera and lie to you. And you didn't know for 20, 30 years that you had been lied to. You might have suspected it, but you didn't know it for a fact. What has happened now with the Internet is these politicians lie, and within 30 seconds it's on the net. And they call this conspiracy theory, as we've talked about a conspiracy theorist implies you have a theory about something. You've made an assumption for which you have no evidence. As John said, we are conspiracy analysts. We got tons of evidence. Come talk to me now. But things are changing. And our value as human beings has been reduced almost zero. We are commodities. Our own government refers to us as human capital. We see the elderly caught in these systems referred to as things, units, merchandise, no longer a human being, no longer regarded as a human being. As all this goes on, and I've been doing this 14 years, I've been out to D.C., I've spoke at the summit, I've done other public speaking other places, written extensively, talked. This is our 1,657th show, and we have gotten nowhere near bringing an end to this system, this culling of the elderly. This thing with the vaccine is only going to, and the fake virus is only going to kick this into high gear. Um, As near as I can tell, we've lost nearly 60,000 people over the age of 70, supposedly with COVID, a virus they have not isolated or identified. How did that happen? More are expected to die behind the vaccine that isn't a vaccine. It's gene therapy. All the while, our government sits quiet and either rah-rahs the system or just goes to dinner and pretends it isn't happening. We have to decide who we are, what we are, and who's in charge here, and obviously it ain't us. Where do we go from there? Where do we go from there? I I personally, John, I don't see as a country us lasting much longer. I remember George Doofus Bush, Bush too, That man was so stupid he couldn't put his two words together and say his own name. But him saying, you know, you've got to get over the idea. The United States is not a place. It's an idea. And I thought, what? And now here and there, I'm hearing mostly representatives refer to the idea that, you know, the imaginary boundaries between the states. If it wasn't for these imaginary boundaries, they aren't imaginary. They're very well defined. And coming up with uniform laws, which, of course, takes away state sovereignty, the idea that you can determine in your state what you want. No, you got a uniform law. It's the same across the country. That's not for your benefit, by the way. 
course, nothing is that I can think of. But like I say, I don't, I don't see us. Uh, I just got a message here from a lady that said this, this sounds like a doomsday scenario. <clears throat> well, I don't know how much worse the situation has to be for you to figure out. It is doomsday. We have a president, or you do, I didn't vote for him. Um, I didn't vote for Trump either. Um, I don't vote for any of them anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm a political atheist. I don't believe none of them. But who is now talking, as I spoke in the beginning of the show, that if you don't get this vaccine, you won't be able to enter into commerce. That means you won't be able to shop or go to the movies or go to games or anything else. And you won't be able to fly. Mm-hmm. Apparently, see, real ID didn't take off, and only 30 to 35% of the people they thought would jump at getting real ID with the gold star on your license didn't take off, so they had to move the deadline for it up to October 1st of this year. So we're going to come in the back door. They can't, they can't under an emergency youth use authorization, they cannot mandate a forced vaccine. So we'll just go the other way. Well, if you don't get the vaccine, then we'll just shut you off. You can't shop. You can't buy groceries. You can't do anything. That's extortion. That's coercion. That's supposedly illegal. And U.S. Code says that because it is an emergency use, it cannot be used. To force people to do anything and anybody who tries, like any agent who tries to enforce some such edict, can go to jail, supposedly. But we know that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying the the structure is there. They don't care. And I think that's the one thing that really bothers me, John. The only time law applies to anything is if they can use it against you. But it never seems to apply to all of these people – in this upper echelon, it doesn't seem to apply to them. So I don't know what it is that we have. It is not a judicial system, but I do think it is a system of selective targeting. And, of course, it keeps the private prisons full. <laughs> but you know darn well you'll never see Trump or any of his buddies, Jeffrey Epstein. There wasn't a chance in rats that that man was going to prison. And I don't believe he died. I think he was taken out of there. The camera's all shut up. The guard's all gone. And he just mysteriously hung himself with a paper sheet. And, But that man wasn't going to prison. You, on the other hand, could steal a loaf of bread and end up doing two or three years over that, if not more. So, in your opinion, John... What is the underlying cause in all that's happening? Is it a lack of an actual viable judiciary, or is it this this echelon, this elitism that goes? What is the underlying cause of all that we're enduring right now? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer to that question by telling you a story about somebody that uh, we both are familiar with, or at least I hope you're familiar with him. There's a gentleman out there, he's no longer with us, but his name was Eustace Mullins. Now, Eustace, he was quite the individual that was uh, the whistleblower, if you know what I mean. He talked about the Federal Reserve 
<clears throat> he was one of the original people, you know, again, I learned so much from the Eustace Mullins work and his books and stuff like that. You can't begin to comprehend it. But at the tail end of his life, he was actually one of those people that you just talked about. He was physically abducted and thrown in one of those institutions. Why? Because his siblings wanted the money that he was getting from all of his books and stuff. And believe you me, he was getting quite a bit. They wanted it. And they got access to it. With, of course, the consent of the clerks masquerading as judges and a couple of Bar Mafia members. The thing is, though, yeah, Eustace was an old man. He wasn't what you would call uh, nice and spuffy again. But Eustace had this thing that we refer to as friends. So one day, a couple of his friends show up to Eustace, uh, where he's been being held against his will. And, you know, they know he's being held against his will. And they walk his ass out of that building. And they leave. And they leave the state. Now, could they have been charged? Yes, they could have. Guess what? They cared about a little old man who'd made a huge impact on so many of us. They got him out of his prison. And he did an interview. I hope it's still on YouTube. It was a while back about that. You want to know what the problem is, Marty? Two things. One. People don't know, for the most part, that there is a problem. And two, those of them that do know there's a problem are apathetic. Oh, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be put on a list. We have got to change our thinking. You see, at this stage of my life, I should be making all kinds of money. I should be living a good life, going on expensive vacations. And I traded all of that in because none of that matters. None of it matters if my young people are going to be enslaved. My young people are going to be murdered. If my young people are going to be without young people because they got forcibly injected with crap that's going to make them sterile. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to solve your problem? Realize you've got a voice. I've made it so clear in all of my videos. Stop consenting to the tyranny. There is one word in the English language that is more powerful than... All the nuclear power on the planet. One little word. Two letters. No. That's it. No. But trying to find a group of people that are willing to stand up and say no is getting harder and harder and harder. Now, there was a gentleman in, up there in Canada. It just happened a couple days ago during the quote-unquote Easter celebration. 
preacher of a church. He came from a country that was fascist, communist, socialist, whatever. And he was in Canada. And he was having an Easter service with his parish. A bunch of goons with costumes, badges, and guns show up. Now, does he sit there and, oh, I'm so sorry, and y'all have to go home? <laughs> not hardly. For three minutes, he's busy telling them Nazis and criminals and the Gestapo and get off his property. And he was adamant about it. Oh, I was impressed. Now, what would happen if instead of one little guy who makes the news up in Canada because he stood up to them, here in America, we've got some guy that has a gym, did the same thing. we got some um, food store down in uh, Florida. Never, Don't wear a mask in here the whole time. What happens if instead of these things being rare occurrences that make news in the alternative media. I was like, oh yeah, that was just one of one million different businesses that did that. One of one million different preachers that told them to go stick it where the sun don't shine. What happens when people like me and you, we aren't the exception when we walked into these buildings without wearing our asphyxiation devices? But instead, there was almost everybody. And the few that were wearing them would be looking at us saying, you know what? How come they're not killing over dead? You know, I walked out of the post office today, big line behind me. I do it every time I see a big line. Economic reset, people. It's all a big scam. Time to wake up. Or something along those lines. It is time to exercise your power. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the thing that they fear the most. Because believe you me, you do have the power. I watched a video the other day that uh, showed a bunch of people chasing about 30 cops, cornering 30 cops. And it was over in Europe somewhere. I don't remember where. Do you realize what would happen if a million people started marching and meant it when about a hundred people actually got gander, went down, put handcuffs on the local sheriff, the local police department, local clerks masquerading as judges and a couple of attorneys downtown and the city prosecutor, the county prosecutor, and just stuck them up there and says, all right, now we're going to go bring in a whole bunch of, uh, you know, people, we're going to actually let them have a jury trial. We're going to let them try to defend themselves. And then start prosecuting them for their multitude of crimes. Folks, I still have a video. I'm still amazed it's there. Don't know how much longer. I'm in YouTube jail again. Um, and if I get one more strike, my channel's gone. 134 crimes of government agents. Look it up. 134 crimes. I even list them all there. Two felonies. We're looking at several years behind bars. Four or five, we're looking at spending the rest of our lives behind. 134 felonies, and believe me, I wasn't even thinking all that hard. It took me about two hours plus some input of a couple more from some of my friends. 
when I asked him to. I need a few more to add to it, but in a nutshell, five, six of those, and they do them every minute of every day, the rest of their lives in jail, as they should be. You want a different society, people? Stop being cowards. Stop consenting to the tyranny, believing the lies, do your own stinking research. I mean, Marty and I take you literally through the front door. You don't have to sit there and go into the deep, dark web. They're not hiding anything. (laughs) It's in your face now. The World Economic Forum, go watch a few videos. They'll tell you. Don't believe the Constitution has any value? Well, doofus Bush told you that. As long as you people want to be ruled by somebody, I promise you there will be a never-ending group of dictators to rule over your life. But when you decide for a change in paste, because you're sick and tired of the slave chains that you've been wearing your entire life, when you're ready to get educated and you're ready to finally use your backbone and say no when somebody makes an unlawful demand on you, Maybe we'll get the change that we need. You want to change the world? Change yourself first. And hope that the rest of the world follows your example. Back to you, Marty. Yep, we could hope, couldn't we, John? Uh, You know, in all these years, there are people who are dedicated activists, advocates, who just keep pounding away. I count myself among them. You other people, and there's the people that are a flash in a pan. They're all excited right now, and then when they realize how much work it is, how much flack you take, how much of your own time has to be devoted to this in order to get anything done, they just kind of fall away, and they have excuses like, well, you know, I've got a family, like we don't. Well... You know, it just got to be too much. I know, I think that every day, this is just too damn much. And But we keep going. Um, I don't know how to get people engaged. I really don't. I've given up on that. Uh, I don't think you can. I think they are so brainwashed, so conditioned. Um, It's like here recently, somebody was telling me about some show on TV. And did I watch it? I said, I don't watch TV. What? I said, I don't watch TV. Well, what do you watch? I don't watch anything. Just absolutely stunned. When you see mainstream media, everybody, there is no one who is not of the considered opinion. This is nothing but propaganda central. Under Operation Mockingbird, In every major cable news station, half their employees, minimally, are CIA. Their job, under Operation Mockingbird, is to make sure that you get only the news they want you to know and only the way they want you to know it. And they write scripts that are handed to these so-called news anchors who read the scripts, and of course they've been caught. John Stewart, of course, famous for overlaying from the four biggest cable channels the same broadcast about the same material, and they're all reading the same script. 
and it actually cost him his show. He played that. It stunned people so bad that they were hearing pre-written propaganda. And, but, you know, going back to our conditions right now, as I've told you before, I cannot believe how desperate, and I mean desperate, to believe this crap about this virus that doesn't exist. Absolutely become angry and combative if you tell them they have never isolated this virus. They have never identified it. What do you mean you're afraid you'll get the virus? What is it you're afraid of getting? And then they just did that big study. They were forced to give 1,500 PCR tests, this test that isn't meant to detect viruses and gives a 95% false positive to that university. And they went through all those tests and did their own, and it turned out what they were dealing with was influenza A and B. There's no virus to speak of. We're in the middle of a flu epidemic and a very mild one at that. But people are dying, and that's what bothers me. People are dying. They're not dying of some virus. They're dying for lack of medical care. They're dying from underlying conditions, which as soon as they're diagnosed with COVID, all treatment for those underlying conditions stops. And they start giving them whatever they're giving them, if anything, for this so-called virus. And boom, they magically die. Imagine that. And, but overall, John, what I'm seeing is a global culling, and particularly here in the United States, but a culling of the elderly and people who have extensive medical histories. That's what I'm seeing. They're getting rid of people. And ask yourself, when are they going to decide to get rid of me? And I, we have been referred to people over 60 as, like I say, as human capital. But in this age group and as you go through Social Security, see, you're no longer taxable in most cases. So you're considered non-productive. And if you can't be extorted for taxes, they have no use for you you're taking up space the valuable resources they talk about is social security which we all invested in for decades it was an insurance policy it was not a welfare program had they left it alone it would be quite solvent but johnson as i've said many times opened it up um, to the general fund to finance the Vietnam War, they've never tightened it back down. Now all the money contributed for Social Security goes into the IMF World Bank. Only as an identified revenue stream, there is no trust fund. And what was a trust fund now has almost $4 trillion in IOU sitting in it because that's how much the federal government has jerked out of that program. Surplus funds. And it's called an intra- governmental liability, meaning one part of the government took that money from another part of the government and blew it on something it wasn't intended for. They have no way to pay it back. They never intended to pay it back. So the only other thing to do is get rid of the people that were there to make a claim on their investment. That'd be you. That'd be me. And Well, not you necessarily, but me. (laughs) But 
advice say, I, I don't know where this is all going to end up. I do believe this vaccine is, that isn't a vaccine, it's gene therapy, is going to kill a large number of people. It already has. And I think you're absolutely correct. It's going to see the sterilization of many young people um, so that they can't reproduce. And I'm concerned about what I'm seeing about this 2025 deadline for there being a reduction of 90 million people in this country. I want to know how that's going to happen. Apparently, I think it's in progress now, but that's just me. In the interim, they're going to continue to abduct us, to rob us blind, to abuse us in every possible way as long as they can make money. Do you think I'm off the base with that? Do you think I'm off base? No, Marty, I don't. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is the English Parliament votes on uh, American Social Security also, just in yes. case you folks were curious. But again, that's more yes. conspiracy theory, even though, even though I mm-hmm. it uh, <laughs> several years ago on the English Parliament's own website where they were voting on American Social Security. But yeah, y'all keep believing yes. that you're a free country. Yeah, uh, but anyway, no, you're you not wrong. I'm Generation X. I remember when I was a boy, and back then we were a little smarter than the average schmuck out there now. Um, And they had a question for us back then. They said, uh, which do you expect to happen first? Get your first Social Security check or meet an alien on your front lawn? And most of (laughs) my generation said we expected to meet an alien on the front lawn before we ever got our first Social Security check. Now, if you would ask that same question to a bunch of college students today, they would they would say, well, I would expect to get my Social Security because they already believe in aliens anyway. But yeah. uh, whether there's aliens or whether there's not aliens, it doesn't matter. What does matter is you're 100% correct. They are killing people off for profit. And until the American people wake up to that dirty truth, we're going to keep seeing more mass murder for profit. And remember, it's always about profit. All wars are about profit. Yes. Everything else about profit. Right. Back to you, darling. Yeah, this has just been, uh, I'm getting messages here about this sounds like doomsday talk. Well, get a grip here, chick. It's doomsday. Hello. Uh, I don't, John, we got to keep fighting. I don't know how to do anything else. I'd really rather be painting pictures and doing a lot of writing, and instead I'm doing this. And I suppose I'll keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. I know, and we're almost out of time. But I I said we're almost out of time, but I do want to say one thing real quick. Yes, it sounds like a doomsday show, but don't give up complete hope, folks. There is a bright light at the other end of the tunnel. There are more and more people waking up to this scam every single day. Why do you think Marty and I are censored so badly? Because we've been making an impact. We've been telling people what's really going on, and people are waking up to it. And even the crime syndicate realizes they can't change what we've already learned. This is why they have to go to this new economic model because they knew everybody had figured out the old one. And ladies and gentlemen, this is only – going to fail. You're fading out, John. You're fading out. Just keep pushing, ladies and gentlemen. We can win this. Okay. 
All right. Uh, we've got about a minute left here. I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C. this year, the 29th through the 31st of July, and it will be online video. Thanks to the fake virus. And then, of course, nobody wants to come to D.C. anyway because they're all scared to death of what's going on there, and I'm not sure what is. <laughs> but I mean, no. And it was a tough city to be in anyway if you're not from there um, for various reasons. But after this January 6th thing, I wouldn't go near there. No. And a lot of people have expressed the same sentiments. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow night with Tanya Talks out of working on the prisons in Oklahoma. And then we've got a hospice show on Wednesday night with Marcia Joyner. We'll be back Thursday night with whistleblowers and Friday night in the mix with me and Cause. And with that, I'll say good night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next Monday.